Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. The book of 2 Peter is the last letter of Peter, probably written the last year of his life. It may well have been written from Rome while Peter was under arrest under Nero, and he was later executed by Nero, it's believed, in 64 A.D. And so the writing of this letter is usually dated 63 or 64 A.D. But in some ways, I want you to think of it as the last will and testament of Peter. Just like 2 Timothy is the last letter of Paul, uh, 2 Peter is the last known writing of Peter. It's the last thing that we have from him now in the Scriptures. And so this letter was written to warn the same churches he was addressing in 1 Peter, but he's more specific this time in dealing with false teachers, unscriptural doctrines, false prophets, damnable heresies. These things are on Peter's mind as he's about to part this earth. He's worried about the early church being caught up with these various false issues. He reminds the churches of the truth of the Scriptures, that they can count on the Scriptures, that they can trust the Scriptures. And he assures believers that the Lord is going to return in spite of the fact that some are mocking the return of Jesus Christ. Peter is an eyewitness to the gospel. He tells his readers that he doesn't use these words, but he says the gospel is no fairy tale. Uh, These are not stories that he and the other apostles made up. They are facts that he was an eyewitness to. And so he's giving us an eyewitness account of the things that he knows, as well as testifying about the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, who Peter has served now for the balance of his life. And so let's read together, beginning in 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness. And to godliness, add brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers... Be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. 
I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him on the sacred mountain. And we have heard the word of the prophets made more certain, and you would do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about from the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So I want to just first address this last part. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. This idea of a private interpretation of Scripture. You see, friends, we must go with the Scriptures as a whole. Sixty-six books of the Bible help to interpret one another. This simple principle of discovering the context in which something is written and carefully considering context, this would help us in our reading of Scripture not to go astray. It would help us tremendously. This is the most basic technique of Bible study, studying a scriptural principle in context. And so by context, I mean if you read the verse and you want to go further, you read the chapter around the verse. If you still want to study more, you study the book the chapter is found in. If you want to go farther, read the entire Scripture on that topic, whatever it is. So the context of Scripture and what's around it, this individual prophecies of Scripture cannot be taken by themselves without the compatible Scriptures that go with them from the rest of the Bible. So context is always important. Other prophetic words and how they affect whatever it is you're studying is always relevant and important. Peter begins this chapter with a greeting. He says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. How? Through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. How do you get grace and peace in abundance? Through the knowledge of God and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, friends, if you're lacking in grace and peace today, maybe you don't know the Lord as well as you should, or maybe you haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ. Today would be a great day to surrender your life to Jesus. The Lord has given us everything we need for eternity. We read in verse 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So we're not lacking anything. Jesus has given us all that we need. Our part is just to receive what He has provided for us. We receive His influence on our lives. We allow Him to shape us and change us. Through the Scriptures and believing the Scriptures and faith in the Word of God, we are changed as we apprehend the promises of God. And the Bible calls the promises of God contained in the Scriptures very great and precious promises. 
The way we participate in becoming more like Christ is we receive the very great and precious promises of the Bible. We escape from the corruption of this world that was caused by evil desires, and we move towards the divine nature found in the next world as exemplified in Jesus Christ. He's our example in all things, friends. Our character development is our responsibility inasmuch as we have to become like Jesus. Salvation's a free gift. And then after we're saved, we have to become more like him day by day. In verse 5, we read, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So you're saved. That's your faith. Add goodness, good behavior, God-likeness. And to goodness, add knowledge. What kind of knowledge? The knowledge of God. And to knowledge, add self-control. People say, I I got into this sin because I couldn't help myself. That's not true, friends. The Holy Spirit of God has given each of us a measure of self-control. And as we give in to our carnal desires, we become out of control. But we've been given the ability to control ourselves in the knowledge of God and faith in God. Self-control is an evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Peter writes, to self-control add perseverance. Perseverance, of course, is that characteristic of never giving up. Sometimes you have to go through difficult things, and if you quit in the middle of difficulty, you don't persevere. We have to persevere to get to the other side. Uh, Ron Cannoli, the worship leader of bygone generations, and I think he's still alive and probably still working, but not as famous as he once was, he wrote a song one time that said, if you're going through hell, don't stop. In other words, persevere. Keep on going. Don't just sit down in the middle of a hellish situation. Persevere and go on through. To perseverance, we're to add godliness. To godliness, we're to add mutual affection for other believers. To mutual affection, add love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, Peter writes, they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive. So increasing measure, I want you to focus on that. Don't be satisfied with whatever you have. We're blessed. We're saved. We're called. We're loved. We're children of God. But there's more for each of us. We're to be growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the love of God, growing in self-control, growing in every aspect in increasing measure day by day. If you're the same as you were last year and the year before, you're not obtaining that increasing measure that God has for you. We read in verse 9, Whoever does not have these things, knowledge, perseverance, godliness, self-control, and so forth, is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. So if you are indeed saved, and I believe you are, if you're listening to this program, you long to be with the Lord, you long to be surrendered to the Lord. If you are indeed surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you should be increasing in your knowledge of the Lord. You should be increasing in your resemblance to the way Jesus behaved and the way Jesus comported himself. We should be like him. Peter says we must apply effort to live godly lives. He says, if you do these things, you will never stumble. That word, if you do these things, implies that there's some resistance to doing these things. He says, if you do these things, you won't stumble. You'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, Peter ends as an eyewitness in this chapter. He says, We did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of Jesus Christ in power. 
we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And so just like John, he was an eyewitness to the things that transpired. And he speaks about the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, we ourselves heard the voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the mountain that said, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. So Lord, we thank you for the testimony of Peter. We thank you that he persevered in the days of his flesh, even up until the crucifixion by Nero, where he was crucified upside down for his faith in Jesus Christ. May we, too, persevere in our faith. May we, too, obtain the great and precious promises of God that have been extended to us. May we forget about our past sinful nature. May we become more like Jesus today and every day. In his precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.